The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Uh, we're going to show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out JasonQuallsCFP.com, FinancialCoachingRadio.com. Click email the show, submit your questions, your disagreements, whatever you got going on, whatever is in your head regarding the show. First up. Someone we haven't talked about in a while. Susie Orman. She says, probably, probably, 95% of Americans are financially illiterate. 95%? Does she have any truth to that? She said she didn't want to make anyone feel dumb. If you're not familiar with who Susie Orman is, she's like the female, well, she tried to be. Uh, you can call her like the Mr. Financial Peace uh, female counterpart. Uh, I can't think of any other uh, financial self-help book writing seminar, radio show, podcast guru. Um, then nobody comes to mind. She's kind of been dominating uh, in that for- force for a while. I, you don't see her as much. She's not quite as popular as she used to be. But she didn't want to make anyone feel dumb. She says, in part, is what made her a star in the world of personal finance. Uh, that attitude is what made her a star, rather. Atti- yeah, she's got to be kind of tread lightly these days. You get what I mean. She's direct. And my issue with her is she just took a wrong turn. I think she used to be a CFP. They take it away from her. She stopped using it. I mean, she reclaimed it. I don't even know. Um, she's got where she very one tracked before i thought she was you know she was doing more comprehensive individualized advice when someone would call in or ask her a question then she's got kind of one track mind it talk, it's more about controversy and uh more about um her uh, in my view incorrect way of thinking it was hard to relate to uh, in the latter years let's see but even if she does not want you to feel bad host of the woman and money women and money podcast and co-founder of emergency savings firm secure save what is an emergency savings firm does think you probably have to bone up your finances uh she was asked if americans she taught were financially illiterate she said truthfully illiterate sorry not literate illiterate probably 95 percent. so they're talking about the people she runs in contact with of course she that's who's calling right and that we talked about this not long ago on this show and the way I view it is people are looking to someone to save them and looking for someone to fix them. And they call a radio show. You know, they, 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 it's almost because I think it's because they're overwhelmed. 
And if that's the case, you've got to do what you got to do to get out of that overwhelmed feeling so you get back to doing what you need to do, which is common sense financial planning. But I don't think that the overall 95% of Americans are illiterate. I think probably 40% got a good head on their shoulders regarding it. We have a lot of people that kind of live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, in that situation, if you kind of put yourself in that situation and think about it, whether they know about money or don't know about money, I'm talking about planning-wise, um, the basics of financial planning, would you even care in that situation? If you were just trying to go from one week to the next week and pay all your bills one month to the next month, you really don't have a whole lot to plan with. Now, should you be changing your life? And I think that's where the focus has to be. If you're in that situation, you got to put your time and energy into changing it, right? Finding ways to cut expenses. If you've cut everything you can cut, then you need to find a way, which is the more successful way to do it, to do it, I think, find a way to increase your income. And I think that's where people get stuck. They go, well, I'm here, living paycheck to paycheck, hate my job, this is where I'm going to be. And they think they can't achieve something. I think it's in their own mind. But as far as people getting and understanding personal finance uh, on a mass level, and, but we teach all types of subjects in school, right? Now, my big pet peeve, and I still feel this way. I don't know if I feel it as um, dedicated as I used to because personal finance classes, at least in this state or this area, they're out there, right? You don't know how much they're actually kids are taking away from it, and I think they're taught in high school, maybe even middle school these days. Certainly, they're offering them in high school. And speaking of, it reminds me, I need to tell my own child to take the class. Uh, I guess it's an elective. And, you know, if it's an elective, then only certain people are taking it. If it's not an elective, you don't know how many people are paying attention. Because if you took biology in high school, you know, what do you remember from it? You know, it's really life lessons. It's not school. Not that you don't need to be introduced to those topics. That's why I was saying I'm not as as hardcore on this. But what it needs to be a mandatory thing, right? If you have to take English, you have to take algebra. You sure as hell should have to take personal finance. That you know, whether you learn it or not, that's your responsibility. But it should be a requirement to get out of high school in the United States. That is just my view. Because it's the it's the one it's the one thing that people wish they knew, right? And it's it, sometimes here's my think my thing on thing my thoughts on things. Sorry, I'm mincing or jumbling my words. I apologize. I would rather you screw it all up, but know that you're screwing it up as you're doing it. You know what? I made that choice. Or rather than you screw it up and go, well, I had no idea. Because, look, I could, you can know everything there is to know about budgeting and saving and investing. You still got to take the damn action. You still got to earn the income to do it. You got to have discipline on some level. And that is the part I, I don't know if we're there yet. But I think most people are willing to learn. They're most sort of trying to understand what's going on with their investments. I don't think the industry, the financial industry, does a very good job of this. Um, because... We're still coming out of this big time sales culture, financial planning crap. And a lot of advisors still operate this way. They're salespeople. And salespeople are, you know, they have a bad rap, right? There's good salespeople and some bad, there's bad apples and everything. 
But you now when you're really focusing on making a sale rather than doing what's exactly in the best interest of a client, you're not helping educate your client. The public is not getting any more educated on financial planning. Uh, the internet, as we talked about not long ago, the internet's full of crap. You know, most of the stuff you read, it's it's all jumbled in there. Some of it's good, some of it's terrible. And there just needs to be a basic foundation of where you go. And but we can't kid ourselves to think that that basic foundation, foundational information, is not out there. There's tons of books on the subject. There's one radio show that simplifies it to death. Um. You can find certain professionals that would probably guide you down the right path. Of This is what you should study if you want to increase your knowledge. So I don't know if it's 95% of Americans are financially illiterate like Susie Orman said. But I will say this. It's far too many. And it's not the government's responsibility. It's really not our school system's responsibility. It's your responsibility as a parent to help your child become more financially literate than you were at your young age. And then it's their responsibility to take those lessons that you've taught them and expand and learn more. That goes for any area of life. So as anything else, as with anything else, it starts at home. And I think we all could do a better job as parents, right? We can all do a better job of helping educate our children on money. Why don't we? Well, maybe we don't know as parents. We don't know everything. But I really think it's this. It's like when your kid gets to where they're understanding, could understand financial concepts and money becomes more of a part of their life, whether it be middle school, going into high school, certainly you know, late teens, 16, 17, 18 or the crucial years for it. But you're just trying to let them go to prison. You're trying to keep them, make them uh, make good grades. You're trying to help raise productive humans. And it's not that financial literacy is, is not important. It's just you know, prison, graduating, good human, uh, equal, probably not. There's finances come down there in the fourth or fifth realm. But we got to make it important because everyone is going to have to get out and produce and earn a living and pay their bills and hopefully save on their own and uh, we're putting them behind the eight ball if we do not give them the knowledge let them learn from your mistakes i think it would be it's like i think that's some of the best parenting advice you can do say look i was where you were, where you were once to here's how i screwed up here's what i wish i would have done if i would have known what i know now so that turned into something totally different than i thought it was uh kids and money type segment there after this break we'll talk taxes if you have a tax question before the show wraps up make sure you click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com i'm back right after this Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. 
This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Joining in now is CPA Kevin Sizemore with Tother O'Hill and Welch. Tother O'Hill and Welch website, thwcpa.com. Over 60 years in the business. If you're looking for tax prep, tax planning, business, personal, bookkeeping, payroll, that's the website, thwcpa.com. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. This is a ridiculous question, but it's one I get often, and I'm not even sure I ever answer it correctly. How do you fill out a W-4? <laughs> When you figure out that, you got to have a rocket scientist degree. Why are they so hard to do? I don't. Why did they have to change it? It's, it's new now. I didn't know the old one. Yeah, the well, the old one made more sense. You said, "Well, I claim married zero or married two yeah, I think or that, single." It's, what do you do now? You don't do that anymore. It's it's almost like you have to fill out a tax return on the side over here to fill in the blanks. And when they first did them, a cut changed them uh, two or three years ago. There were a lot of people not having enough withheld from their their uh, their checks every paycheck, and it was causing them to owe money on their tax return. If your total income will be two hundred thousand or less, four hundred thousand married, multiply the number of qualifying children under age seventeen by two thousand. Well, I say that's the child tax credit. So I mean, you're you're basically filling out part of a tax return there. Other income not from jobs, if you want tax withheld deductions i don't so this is more complicated to you than the married zero married one. Oh yeah absolutely two. absolutely that's crazy on the old w4 for me i didn't know really know you could have what does it mean children did it mean your wife like how do you yeah but, but it doesn't apply anymore so it doesn't make a difference what the old w4 said do any employers still use the old one no you have to use the new one now. have to use it you one. have to use it so those are the questions. So what is your advice on filling out this? And does everyone have to redo the W-4? They're, they were supposed to, employers were supposed to give the employees the new W-4 when they came out. And I think most employers are doing that now. Uh, it'd be hard Another to find dang the, headache. the old W-4. So you got child tax credit. That's what it looks like you said. Yeah. Other income, deductions. If you expect to claim deductions other than the standard, I guess if you think you have higher that you know, higher itemized deductions, extra right. withholding. That's right. So how does that get your withholding correct? I don't know. I, I you plug it into your payroll software and do it. They they don't even publish the charts anymore. I'm not. Sh- I don't think the pay. You know the old payroll charts that came out in the circular E. 
that showed if you claim married zero, this is how many, and you make this much, this is how much you make. They don't even have those charts anymore because it doesn't exist with the new W-4. And this last line, add the amounts above, which would be qualifying children, multiply the number of other dependents, and then you add, you may add this amount to any other credits. It has three there. I don't get what they're saying. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what are they talking about? So what about someone, does everyone use payroll software these days? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I rarely see anyone do it by hand anymore. How would you even do that? By hand? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, if you have normal payroll and maybe, if you don't have any withholdings for like a 401k or something like that, yeah, that once you do it a few times, it's pretty easy, it, it's pretty simple, but once you add start adding benefits and withholding benefits, you probably definitely need to have some kind of payroll software. And the big box ones aren't bad for small employers. They aren't. You know, and I'm not here to talk bad about any other payroll uh, company or anything like that. For just jumping in, we're talking taxes with Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tether Hill and Welch. Uh, according to Tax Act, this is what happened to the withholding allowance numbers on the W-4. A withholding allowance was a number on your W-4 that the employer used to determine how much federal and state income tax to withhold. The more allowances you claimed on your W-4, the less income tax would be withheld. That's right. In 2020, the IRS completely reworked the W-4. Any, any idea why? Not that it was a good form, but... Don't know why. It wasn't a good form, and it's worse <laughs> how, As long as you've been in the business, has the W-4 ever changed? It had never changed. <laughs> And they just kind of snuck it in there on us. A reworked W-4 to accommodate some major tax law changes. What, what was his major change? In 20? That's what it said. There wasn't any in 20. Because of a large increase to oh, the larger standard of deduction. Well, see, that happened in, uh, started in 17 or 18. So I guess people were having too much withheld, too little withheld. They wouldn't care about too much. They, no, they were having too much withheld. The year, the year or two after. So basically, the, the Trump tax cuts. Yeah, the, it was when Trump, and those happened at the end of seventeen. So but we didn't have to rework the form, right? You you have too much withheld. You go back to the old W four, and you had you had more numbers to your your deal. That's right. I just <laughs> don't know why they had to change it, but yeah, when that those couple of years right after the standard deduction jumped, you were seeing large refunds on people and that was you know especially people that had wages as their primary source of income so maybe that was to reduce the amount of refund that was being sent out by the irs switch it up a little bit and ask you a question i don't know if how well versed of the new tax law you are i just heard about this a month or so ago from a different cpa the state of tennessee changed how an s corporation can um, write off I get, they get like a $50,000 write-off on distribution, so they don't have to pay franchise and excise tax or something like that? Yeah, so there's two things there. So franchise and excise tax. Uh, those that's a, that's have, a Tennessee thing. Yeah, this is a Tennessee thing. It's you know Tennessee is known for not having an income tax, but any S-corp or any non-self-employed income from a LLC could be, uh, that'd be passive income that's tied up in an LLC. Uh, could be subject to excise tax, which is an income tax. It's 6.5%. So what they did was they passed a law. Uh, the first $50,000 of uh, taxable income for purposes of the excise tax are exempt 
So you basically get a $50,000 exemption. So everyone gets a $50,000 S-Corp distribution. If you can qualify. Yeah, so, well, I wouldn't say distribution. Distributions weren't taxable in the state of Tennessee. but On the on the franchise and excise tax, they weren't? No, that was an old, uh, that was the old law for interest and dividends and S-Corp distributions on the hall income tax. Oh, okay. That's been gone for a few years. But the excise tax is, but, but what it does is, it, try and read between the lines what the other guy was telling you. You can redo, basically what the uh, the plan would be, I guess the strategy would be, is to take more in distribution instead of paying yourself more wages. Wages. But you keep it as a, re- you, again, you have to keep those wages from S-Corps reasonable. I have to, so you know, $200,000 of profit, $100,000 reasonable wage. What happens to the other 100000 50 of it is exempt. And from 50, franchise of excise tax. That's there, right. And 50 would be. 50 would be taxed, yes. That's still, that still all, would save you a little bit of money, right? Your, if, yeah, it'd save 50, you, that, that 50 is going to save you 3250 So it's a tax break for the state of Tennessee for people who take distribution. It's only S-Corps, right? It's only, well, it could be in LLCs as well if, if their income is taxable and corporations, just normal corporations. Now, along with that, the franchise tax is a tax based on equity or uh, fixed assets, inventory, uh, stuff like that. The there is now uh, and and a multiple of rent uh, could be taxed too. Whether that be rent for uh, equipment, furniture, vehicles, or just real estate, that there's a new exemption on that too, and it's five hundred thousand. So you get a. So Tennessee's changed a lot. Recently. Yeah. So it, th- this is this is a pretty big, significant uh, move for Tennessee. Uh, that's and this starts in. Do you think they're moving to get away with it all entirely? Uh, no, they would have to raise. Uh, based on my understanding of the tax revenues in Tennessee, they would have to. If they did that, they would probably have to enact some kind of income tax or increase the sales tax, <laughs> which we already have one of the highest sales tax. I'd be okay with it. Um, there's Make it a all, flat ten percent, and there's also along with that the business tax, the business tax. Uh, if you do, you, most companies will pay a bit retail, uh, a, you know, businesses they'll pay a, a, a business tax, um, like the local, state, county thing, yeah, or yeah city, yeah. county, thing? right? And you pay that through the state now, right? Well, it's all so group. contractors that work in different localities, different municipalities, whether that be cities or counties. Uh, the law was that if they had over fifty thousand dollars of revenue from working, say, you know, say they normally are in Murfreesboro and they're working in Franklin, if they had fifty thousand dollars of revenue in Franklin, they would have to file a business tax return there and have a business license. Now, I'm not sure about the light; they still have to have the license to work there. But the business tax now is the limit is a hundred thousand, so they doubled that. So those contractors out there listening, if you don't make over a hundred thousand dollars in in a municipality that's foreign to your local municipality where you reside, you do not have to pay that business Jeez. tax there. <laughs> How about this? They call you. 
for this help. Call me. Yeah. Yeah. 615-848-1072, 848-1072, because it sounds like it got less business taxes that you'd owe in certain situations. Yeah. But the filing and keeping up and knowing what you need to do has gotten more complicated. So get a good tax person on your side. THWCPA.com. Stick around. There's more coming at you right after have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to The Blunt Show, giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, no live event tickets to push. We'll leave that to the other show. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, JasonQualsCFP.com. FinancialCoachingRadio.com. Click it. Email the show. Jump in. Be a part of the show. Email. Social media. All the links are there. Still talking taxes. And this is not a very well-written article, but it's still we'll discuss with Kevin Sizemore, CPA. Five popular tax myths. What would you say is the biggest tax myth in your world? This gets into, like, writing off the cost of a dog. And <laughs> hey, to me, that's people really ask you that. Can I write off my dog as a dependent? Is anyone that not a dependent? Insane? But it could, it could be an expense if you have a junkyard. <laughs> you got to have a junkyard dog. And I service dogs. There's tax yeah. credits, I think, too. But yeah, but yeah, I've had people say, "Well, what about my dog? It's a watchdog." No, no, it's not. That's your pet. If you apply for an extension to file your taxes, you're more likely to be audited. That's think, not true. That's a myth. Do people believe that? Yeah, people believe that. Uh, and along with that, you, it doesn't matter that you filed that extension. Your money is still due on April 15th. Right. Don't file your tax return until you have all the money to pay your taxes due. Well, that would be someone that has no idea that penalties and interest are going to accrue. <laughs> yeah, don't always go ahead and pay what you can when the tax return is due. Go ahead and pay it. Even if you file it and say there's $1,000 due and you only have $500, go ahead and pay that $500. They'll send you – they'll be – happy to send you a little uh, notice that you're underpaid i didn't know this and obviously it must be true you can claim your parents as a dependent even though they're living in a nursing home yes if you're providing more than half their living expenses you can you can claim them as a dependent and i guess because they're living elsewhere because of need not that's right desire that's right that's an interesting because that i guess it'd be yeah i mean it will be half of all their costs half of the nursing home well if they're in a nursing home, uh, oh, Medicare, state pay, yeah, you probably Medicare, not will get up to fifty yeah. percent of their their expenses if That's they're right. like six or seven thousand dollars a month. 
Right. So you, you might have, they might have Medicare or Medicaid that's paying for that. Uh, but other there's other cost of living uh, other than that. So clothes and whatnot. You can write off your dog. That's a tax myth. <laughs> Still. Yeah, guard not. dog, medical reasons, seeing eye dog. You cannot write off expenses related to your pet's care. Protecting a business. What if it's protecting a home-based business? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed the pause there. I, I haven't heard that one before. Uh, protecting a home business. And what qualifies as a guard dog? I do. I don't know. Uh, can it, it be a chihuahua? Those bark. That's very I, ambiguous. Yeah, I don't. I'm not putting that on the return. There's, there, there's going to have to be a court case on that one someday. Yeah. <laughs> the IRS have to clarify what is a guard dog. But, yeah, a guard dog for a home-based business. Hmm. I'm going to start writing that off tomorrow. Medical expenses for just a general pet, they're not going to be deductible. No, that's not deductible. Money you inherit is taxable to you. Now, this one's probably a, a huge myth. People th- believe that the inheritance tax is paid on those who receive it. It's actually yeah. due on the ones that left I, it to you. I probably get at least one or two calls a month uh, asking that very question. So and I guess in essence, it's the same thing, right? Because it would be less money to inherit. But the person who – if you somebody gives you an inheritance and you receive it, and I guess you receive it in a legal fashion from the executor or trustee – that's probably after inheritance taxes have been paid. Yeah, if there were if, any due. Yeah, if there were any taxes due, that's after the taxes have been paid. And the initial acceptance of that money is not going to be taxable to you. Tennessee has no inheritance tax anymore. The federal that's exemption so. is like 11 or $12 million per point, person. It's 129 per person. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a key thing there. Just sidebar, that is going up. Uh, it'll be it's thirteen point something in twenty four. It's Jeez. going up near fourteen million in twenty five, or maybe fifteen in twenty five, and then the it sunsets, and this is where it gets important for some people. Yeah, it doesn't get important for anybody lives here because nobody's worth over thirty million dollars. Well, it go, <laughs> well it's going back in twenty six. The estimates are it'll go back to somewhere between three and five million. That's going to be a lot of people pissed off about that one. Oh, yeah. Kevin Sizemore, CPA, Tellero, Helen Welch, THWCPA.com, local phone number 615-848-1072. Kevin, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We're getting out of here. Next segment on the way. Stick around. We'll keep it locked in right here on WGNS. much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. 
I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Thanks for sticking around, keeping it locked in right here on Financial Coaching Radio, WGNS. Weekdays, 4 o'clock, unless we got a preemption on the sports. Uh, it's, it's kind of an all, I don't know if all small, cities our size or smaller ones do this. I'm sure they do. But it's, what a great place, you know, and they can't broadcast every game. But the, our, our WGNS and Brian and, and John do a great job of getting to and broadcasting the, uh, the major games so it'd be football, baseball, softball. I'm sure they do other things as well. But those are the most the most ones that I've I've heard and listened to. It's a great resource to have in, in this day and age. Can't make it to the game? You care what's going on in local sports? Tune it in. If you're looking for learning more about what I do, go to jasonqualscfp.com. Jasonqualscfp.com. Uh, I'm unique. I'm independent. I'm fee only, uh, which means I don't work on commission i don't charge crazy advisor fees or anything like that and um i'm a cfp jason qual cfp.com you can listen to the show anytime anywhere every episode nearly is online click archives at financialcoachingradio.com and if you have any feedback we'd love to hear it all email social media hit us up follow the show like the show dislike the show whatever you got going on we want your feedback financialcoachingradio.com. I'm out of here. Thanks for joining in. See you next time. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS.